everybody. Welcome to episode 17 of Simply Soccer. My name is Michelle, your host, of course. And we got, of course, you guys know and love him, ACB Christian Conway. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. I hope you're enjoying this with a nice beverage and some good thoughts ready for uh, us to talk about something absolutely fantastic that happened this weekend. Yes, and Jamie Bacon! Wait, something good happened this weekend? I think we remember it. Oh, wait, remember uh, Ash Ketchum finally won the Pokemon League? That's That's right! (laughs) (laughs) So, you guys, of course, we are called Simply Soccer as much as... Uh, three of us actually play Pokemon Go. We are here to talk your ear off about uh, LA Galaxy. So, of course, we won 7-2. to two. And Sporting Kansas City has had their injuries, and they've you know got their hiccups. But then they started to pick it up again, and they've been winning. And then they come uh, to our house, and we'd beat them. We'd beaten them uh, when we met up in May. And we hadn't won over there since 2007. And then they come to our house and they did put up a fight. They came out hot. Um, And, you know, of course, there were a few referee calls uh, or no calls, I should say, again, that were very frustrating. And all that galaxy pressure that they had been putting on for 24 minutes was it seemed like we were repeating old bad habits where we concede a goal. And then we were leveled by the first half, and your feelings were, wow, is this all over again? Like, you could just see the playoffs, you know, on the table just fading because the West had turned in our favor, and we could have made it up to, like, third or fourth place is what we were thinking. And we landed in fifth with our win. So um, that's pretty much the gist of it. Zlatan broke the goal scoring record for MLS and with his 26th goal and he had a hat trick in the game. And I know I'm like jumping around and like spoiling it, but it's so much stuff to, to get into. Um, your guys go ahead and know your thoughts. Well, it was a little bit inappropriate on central American appreciation night for uh slots on to break the uh, LA galaxy single season record held by uh Steven Fuegos. I got to say a little bit yeah. on, on the, on the guy's birthday too, while he was in the stadium. But, um, <laughs> uh, oh, it, it, that first half, especially going into halftime, I think a lot of, a lot of the thought was Houston all over again, which is that, you know, at the end of the season last year, it was the galaxy played well enough, probably, you know, Pavone hits the woodwork in the in the 30, uh, 33rd minute right after uh, Ibrahim scores the penalty, um, or I guess the rebound off the penalty, if we're going to be yes. specific. <laughs> but I, I think a lot, there, there was definitely some tension in the stadium that really reminded me of, of a lot of moments last year, which is this was in our hands. This was in our favor. We're letting it slip away again for the second time. But I think in that second half, we saw kind of the, the mental change that's occurred in this organization, which is that the Galaxy came out and played incredibly confidently and, and, and got the job done. They were clinical in front of goal. They were absolutely sublime at times on the counterattack. I mean, the, the center back pairing for sporting Kansas city, uh, Graham Smith just had an absolutely rough night. And, and, and I went back and watched the match again. And Sue Holden kind of mentioned it um, from a former player's perspective, which he said, well, as a former player, he said, I understand kind of what Smith's going through. You just go out some nights and, and, and we've had it in everyday, like everyday life. Like some days you just don't kill it at your job. And 
The problem was Graham Smith and Matt Bessler didn't kill it at their job on a night when Ibrahimovic, Pavon, Antuna, Leggett were all flying. And it was a, it was a consummate performance. I thought, um, you know, it was absolutely, it was, it was, it was needed. I think just as a rallying cry. And if you look at the next few games coming up and we'll, as, as we get later into the, uh, the pod, we'll talk about this Montreal game and kind of what an opportunity it is. But these were the kind of games last year where the galaxy were kind of eking out maybe a two, one win, or they drop points. I, I remember the Colorado two, two draw where the galaxy were really in control of that game. And then somehow, you know, let it go out of their hands. I mean, these games last year were not a seven, two victory. These games last year were either a tight two, one win with Ibrahimovic scoring in like the 87th or like a two, two draw. So this I think is a, is probably the best sign right now that the galaxy are in a very different place uh, mentally and, and, and as a team in terms of a uh, unified locker room. Very different. And I know that we have a lot of ground to cover, which is why like, you know, I feel like my brain can't keep up with my mouth. Can't keep up with my brain <laughs> because I'm so excited. And this is what we were kind of hoping for. And I know that everybody's still in a lot of ways, not everybody, but a majority of fans, you know, <laughs> minus the negative ones who are always negative. Um, everybody's cautiously optimistic, even when we were up. So my prediction on Twitter um, initially was a two one and, and we win. And then I kind of thought, depending how things could go, if, if Kansas City puts up a fight, then we could be 4-3. Um, I never could have guessed that we would be, we would have been this strong and the players that, that scored as well. I mean, Legend is showing that, you know, Legend is showing the player that he, he most definitely is, I think. And I, and I think when Legend is on his game, he's one of the top, you know, 10 midfielders in this league. And I, and I know that's kind of a bold statement, but I mean, if you look the way Legend <laughs> In, it's his ball handling and close traffic that is, for me, the the biggest part of his game and what he kind of that that ability to maintain possession while moving forward while beating off two or three defenders that are are, are tied in that makes the Galaxy attack just so much more aggressive because that you know Ibrahimovic can then kind of focus on staying high and occupying the center backs. Pavon and Pavon and Antuna don't have to track back as far in order to find the game, and Lejet can kind of quarterback the offense, kind of you know after breaking two or three lines and then, you know, really unsettling a defense. And I think that if Legit can continue the form that he's on right now, the galaxy really could, could easily win the next four games. Um, I, I, I think he's critical. And I think we saw on, um, on Sunday night, exactly how critical he is to the galaxy when he's playing well, how well this machine seems to run. Absolutely. And I know there's a couple more points to be made, um, but for Legit, when he first that score, when he first scored, um, I thought, you know what? He needed that confidence. I think we'd said that earlier in the season that he's just, he's just missing it. Something was just missing. And then boom, he gets a brace like, you know, with goals back to back and you're just thinking exactly like this is exactly what the jet needed. The confident boost. That's what we needed. I, I didn't have legit scoring two headers in my wild history. No, no way. So that he's not exactly what we call the <laughs> tallest guy in the field. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I agree with you 110%. I think he he came out in an interview recently and kind of said this whole entire situation with the U.S. men's national team, how I've always been on the I've, I've like always been on the fringe. He said I put too much pressure on myself because I wanted to be in so badly that I was overthinking things. I was overexerting myself, but in a way that was not beneficial to the team and to myself and my game. I think now that the national team camp or now the national team calls have kind of been done. You know, the next one, he might get called up in October. He's pretty, he, that's still up in the air. 
I think he feels a lot calmer. I think he feels a lot in a better place right now. And I think that for him, he, I, I have a feeling Legette is one of those guys where if he's mentally not feeling it, he's, it doesn't translate to his physical game. And I think he's very strongly affected by like the way he's thinking going into a game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what else I noticed about, um, I mean, we can talk individual players and we will, but um, overall the Galaxy pace themselves. You know how they always like give way too much like that first half and uh, then they come out gassed. But this time I feel like they played pretty evenly uh, throughout. So, I mean, there's just a lot of points. I mean, obviously like key guys, um, Jamie, you want to interject with anything? No, I missed part of that conversation. I had to run out of the room. Oh, no worries. No worries. Well, look, Jamie's brilliant. You guys, she's got, uh, she had prepared game notes for us earlier. So I know definitely she'll be, she'll be jumping in. I just wanted to be sure that, you know, give her the the chance. Cause I know we're, we're definitely all over this. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, the one thing I, I also kind of, I know we were all writing, writing this high and I, and I, at the risk of kind of tempering that joy. That's all right. The, again, the Galaxy defense at times. I, no, as, not at as, times. Per the usual, at the end there. Felipe Gutierrez was kind of tearing the center backs apart for most of the evening. And, and, and had, you know, Bingham had a, another good night in goal. I mean, David Bingham is probably the most underappreciated part of this team. I mean, he leads the league in saves. He's doing pretty much everything in his power to, to keep the Galaxy defense respectable and to keep the Galaxy in where they are. But I mean, I don't. The, the the center backs have got to figure out either if it's I don't know it it weirdly seems like a communication issue and the fact that they're rotating so much doesn't allow for a center back right. pairing to really kind of get each other's idiosyncrasies or like you know the minor things that each player has that's mm-hmm. either a weakness or a strength and the fact that you know we Shalotos really rotated the defensive line trying to figure out you know what does he feel his best line is this could be it um, there needs to, I I don't know how to really fix it but. I think the main issue that we're having a lot in defense, especially in the center back pairings, is communication. And I think, again, last night between Polenta and Steris, if you look at the first goal that they concede to Gutierrez, Steris overcommits, but Polenta just tries to fly in on this hero challenge instead of, you know, trying to at least stand him up or, like, delay the shot for a second so that Gutierrez is a little bit off-settled, and then Steris can't get back into position. So it's things where it's like, those are communication things that I, I the kinks need to be worked out with still, and I just... I'm a little bit worried about having those kinks present that were very, you know, visible at times. Four weeks left with four leagues left of the season. But that being said, this is what the Galaxy offense can be if everyone's on form, which makes it a little bit better that the defensive errors, you know, they, they'll happen once or twice a game. But it's also really comforting to know that the Galaxy can go out and score four or five goals if everyone's on form. Yeah, and since we're talking about the back line, I thought um, Romney and Polenta, you know, they need to get credit for for what they were doing back there. I know that they were often shadowed kind of by Stares or Felcher's mistakes. Um, that said, I did want to ask you guys, dare I say, I mean, okay, we know how we feel about Shelpik, um, but Pipo Gonzalez didn't make it into the lineups, you know, didn't make it to the pitch, excuse me. So what do you guys think? I mean, was that any kind of you know, key to our success in a way? Well, I think it, it's, and I think we've touched on this before. Um, Polenta and Gonzalez just don't work well as a center back parent. Mm. They're both good individual center backs who have both found a way to work well with Steras, but as far as together, it just seems like they never find the rhythm. They never gel. They, again, it can go to communication and that's with everyone on our defense. 
but I just, I don't like that center back pairing and I would much rather have Steras in that lineup and sit Giancarlo because Polenta, you, you cannot remove him from that lineup. Like him not in during when he was suspended, that was hurt. That was very detrimental to him. Yeah. And I think the thing with Polenta and Gonzalez is that with center back pairing is you almost want two center backs that are very different skill sets. And then in those skill sets overlap, one covers the other's weaknesses I think Polenta and Gonzalez are very similar types of center backs. They're very aggressive. They they defend on the front foot, so to speak. And so you want kind of in a center back pairing, you want a guy that's going to defend on the front foot, but you also need a guy that's going to be a little bit more conservative, like a little bit more no-nonsense. And I think with having both Polenta and Gonzalez be so aggressive in the way that they defend, it does – if they get it right, it works incredibly well, but – Poland is not going to get every challenge correct. Gonzalez isn't going to get every challenge correct. And so that's why you have a guy like Steres who's going to kind of sit in a little bit more and and not, you know, be as aggressive and but also be able to clean up, you know, the the occasional mistakes, which which will happen over 90 minutes. Well, when he's not causing the mistakes because Steres is like responsible for that first. Yeah, Steres, Steres, Kansas City goal. I think this is one of those nights if, if you're Daniel Steres, you kind of say, you know, you say you, you, you kind of have short term memory loss about this kind of game where you sure. I didn't have my best night. All right. You know. Pack it away, move forward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, not to jump ahead too much, but um, oh, Jamie, go ahead. He could have been Rolf, who was getting chewed out. Okay, because I was going to bring up Rolf next. <laughs> but Rolf also, Rolf had to defend against Gerso Fernandez and Felipe Gutierrez, who are two of the quicker, kind of trickier wing-center midfield combos. I, I, I don't blame him for having a rough night. I think any defender in that position would have would have struggled. I mean... The whole entire thing about SKC, what makes them so good is that uh, is is their speed and transition, and with the way that Rolf Felcher is expected to play, he plays so high up in the field that you know the Galaxy kind of naturally concedes space on the wings, and so I, and so I think you know he, he he was tasked with a very difficult um, a very difficult night, and I think he 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 did good enough, but he didn't you know exactly shine. Well, I mean, it, it looked like he played one of his lazier games, though. Like, he got complacent and just wasn't hustling, wasn't tracking back. When you have I, – I, who played on the right side? I can't even think about it right now. Um, Antuna. Antuna started on the right. and Yeah. Yeah. So when you have yeah, – would cut in a lot, yeah. You can take a chance with not playing so high. Trust your midfield and your wingers to play that high ball if you're getting beat. But if also, eat then cool, play up and hustle back. But if you're not going to hustle, don't 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 play so high. My thing about it is, I understand why Felcher plays up so high is because our uh, GBS really likes those tactical overloads using the wingbacks to to create overloads on a certain side of the field in order to unsettle an attack and then quickly cross over. So I understand why Felcher and Romney, no. you know, if you look at if you look at uh, the the field positions map, really, I mean it's remarkable how high Romney and Felcher were kind of consistently in, in this match. I mean, they were almost on, on the halfway line for a lot of this match. Now, part of that is because the galaxy were just so dominant with the ball in possession that they, they could afford to, to stay at that high. But, you know, if you compare it to previous, previous maps that, you know, the galaxy, that's kind of the, the way they've done things. And so it's, it's again, I mean, every manager has one thing in their system where they know it's a tactical race. And I think GBS knows that pinning the wingbacks up high is a tactical risk of his system. Now, I have a feeling that GBS feels his the wingback pool he's got 
can't really play his his system. And I think he's doing the best he can. I have a feeling next year it's going to be a very different story. If he can go out and get, you know, one or two wingbacks that, that are either that either kind of are very familiar with the style of soccer he plays, or if, you know, there's there are guys that he's worked with before. I know um uh, Leo Hunter, uh, Yara from Boca Juniors came over to MLS. He went to DC United, but the Galaxy were very close to getting him signed because Charlotte wanted a guy in a wing back position that knew his system. So I think that's going to be one of those things where I think we're going to see a lot less of it next year. And I think we're just going to have to kind of hang on this season and just hope that, you know, it all works out. That's what I was thinking. And my, my question while listening to you guys about, about Felsher too is, well, who do we have to replace him? And I know that that's kind of jumping ahead to the lineup for Montreal, but since we're on the topic. I mean, if you look at it, it's either going to be Araujo or, or uh, Romney. Yeah. Romney's basically your defensive utility player. There's the Swiss Army knife of the galaxy. We're gonna, so why do you think that they don't play him enough? We're, we're going to hate it, but Shelvick's going to start. Oh, no, I know. Just like I can predict Carrasco getting subbed in, <laughs> which I know on a 7-2 lead, you know, or 7-1 at the time, uh, when he came in, it was like, okay, go ahead and sub him in. I can see that, you know, but then that's when you, I mean, besides the defense falling apart, is when you kind of feel like you can't play that midfield without Jonathan Dos Santos. Well, Romney's kind of, there's always like a fifth guy on a squad when it comes to defense where you're kind of always like, yeah, you know, you can make the argument that he should be starting. You can also make the argument that he shouldn't be. And I think Romney's just that guy this season. You know, it's it, he's kind of he's there when you need him, but you know, you you, you don't really need him uh, sometimes. So I, I, yeah, I I believe it's going to be you know Shelvick, uh, Shelvick, Polenta, Steras, and then Romney. But you know, there's there's this interesting quirk that Shaloto's kind of played around with, where he'll slide Polenta out to the left side. That's what I was going to say. Left I back, and then, yeah. and then bring in Gonzalez, which which honestly we could probably see because I, I I'm. I, Unless GBS trusts Shelvick at a certain level that we haven't really seen, I mean that's. I think it's it's going to be one of those two. I, I I'm assuming Shelvick starts, but if if Shelvick has lost the trust of GBS, which which could very legitimately be a thing, I think Polenta would probably slide out and uh, Gonzalez would come in to start, and then Romney would uh, go to uh, replace Felcher. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. You've seen you've seen Gonzalez come in at right back. Do you think there's any way he starts at right back? I don't think he's mobile enough. I he's good for like thirty minutes, right? Like, you've seen it more than one game. Yeah, I don't think he's mobile enough. Honestly, I think I think when that's been happening, it's been more that they've played in kind of like this very de- ultra defensive, almost five in the back kind of thing, where Gonzalez doesn't really have to get up forward. And the wingers are tasked to do a little bit more work than they normally do. But I think Shaloto really likes this 4-3-3 that he's in right now. He likes what he sees from the, the front six. I Yeah, I, I don't think Gonzalez – if Gonzalez gets on the field, it'll be as a center back. I don't think it'll be as a right back. Plus, they're also playing Montreal. They can, they can afford to take some risks. Right, right. I mean, I don't want to get there yet because I do still want to talk about our seven goals. <laughs> um, I mean that that second half uh, just this I, the galaxy are so relentless on the counter attack and I and I almost feel like we kind of showed off what we could do on the counter already a little too early and not a lot of teams are going to give us that room anymore because they don't want to you know have seven goals scored yeah I mean the only other team that I can really think of that's going to give that space 
just in terms of the style of soccer they play is LAFC, but it's because LAFC just relies on moments of transition and just shoves the ball down your throat. And at that point, the Galaxy, what we've seen with the Galaxy against LAFC is that the Galaxy have counterattacked to great success. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how teams line up. I know, you know, kind of, you know, half transitioning over to the game upcoming on the weekend. Sure. Montreal is um, isn't a, a very messy kind of place right now. And, you know, I have a feeling just to get some of the confidence back, they're just going to, they're going to sit deep. And so it's going to be, it's going to be on Pavon, Antuna, Leggett, and, and uh, to a lesser extent, Dos Santos and Corona to kind of pry that apart and uh, find the spaces to uh, operate in. It was good to see Corona back, speaking of. Yeah, Corona's kind of had a weird start with the Galaxy, but I mean, I think we all forget Joe Corona was a former U.S. men's national team. I mean, the only reason he got kind of pushed out was because of this really good generation of younger players. Like Corona, Corona was starting for, you know, America in, in Mexico. He's, he's, I mean, he's had a good career. Like you don't, you know, you don't become a regular starter at some of the big clubs in Mexico, you know, being a scrub, uh, unless your name is Giovanni Dos Santos. But, um, uh, no, I mean, it's good to see Corona finally setting in and, the thing about these, a lot of these new signings is I think people are saying, oh, you know, they're not, you know, it's not working. It's not working. They, I mean, Pavon's only played like six games. Corona's played 10. Like these guys are not, you know, 25, 26 gamers yet. They haven't, I mean, they, they've barely gotten MLS minutes. So like, you know, it takes time. <laughs> I, I completely agree. I mean, Corona, you know, finally got his first goal uh, with us. And Which it, was a bit of a surprise. It was a surprise. Corona's right? not a goal scorer. Um, uh, who got the assist on that? I forgot. Um, I can look it up right now. Um, it was uh, Pavon. Pavon. That's what I was thinking. Okay, because we knew that Pavon was going to be a game changer. So I just want to talk about Pavon for, for a minute as well. I mean, you know, there's no doubt that he's going to be starting as long as he's here now. Um, but just the things that he's done. I mean, he makes cut-ins besides that curler that he had in the 33rd minute. Um yeah, he got the assist. Um, he almost scored in the 75th minute, and I could see that that coming. You know that he. I really thought that he was going to score of all people that night. <laughs> it, this is what happens when you sign a guy that started in a World Cup. He he might be pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, doesn't ruin him. That's why I commented on his photo. Like, please continue to play this well for us. Um, I think the one thing that's really interesting is is there are certain players that when they get on the ball, there's an electricity about them. If I could, for lack of a better term, where just your eyes immediately go to what are they going to do next? Like what crazy thing are they about to pull? And for last year, that was definitely Ibrahimovic for us where Ibrahimovic every single time he was on the ball, like you could hear the, the stadium kind of got quiet. Cause they just, it was almost like watching a golf shot. They were just expecting like the most crazy <laughs> thing to happen. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you just, you wanted to be so focused on what Ibrahimovic was going to do. And I, and, I think Pavone's starting to get that treatment a lot in the stadium where a lot of people, it's, God, what's he going to do next? And, I mean, he he is a different class of player. I mean, it's it's just, I know he 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 kind of stagnated at, at Boca, and, and a lot of uh, my friends who, who who follow the Argentine League, I text them saying, you know, wasn't this kid like the next big thing about like five years ago? And they said, yeah, you know, it it hasn't really worked for him over the past two years. He, he went to the World Cup and kind of got a little bit of a big ego about it and, you know, whatever, and he's just not had a great time at Boca. And so there was, there was, there was definitely, this was a bit of a risky play for the galaxy to, to pick up a guy that really kind of was in his own head, but for sometimes players just need to go somewhere. And he had been at Boca for his entire career. He, you know, sometimes you just need a change of scenery. And I think, I think Pavone was one of those players and, and we're seeing 
thankfully we're reaping the benefits of it. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I'm excited. He's, he's, he's fantastic. He's been phenomenal. Uh, I'm here for it. Um, the subs for the sub for Pavon was Chris Pontius. Um, I, I was not surprised that Efrain and, and Pontius, even though we were already up, you know, um, Escaloto likes that offensive play. Um, you're going to have Efrain and Alvarez and um, Pontius be those those sparks. And also, with in terms of Efrain, I mean, there's not many matches where you can think. I get one luxury sub to give a 16 year old minutes in a, in a professional game, yeah. just let him, go out, let him go out and express Zlatan. himself. And he went out and expressed himself. And that was a phenomenal assist to Zlatan. Yes. Zlatan did also incredibly well to finish it off, but you know, right. no, but what a ball. These what are the kind of ball. games where if you're, if you're growing youth talent, they, this is a dream for you. And um, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I, I think that's definitely why F Ryan got as much, uh, got as much time as he did. Um, I, I, the kid, the kids, the kids starting to grow into the game, and I think, I think with a frame, we we see the talent, the, the natural ability, the the cerebral play he's got. I mean, he's just he's he's just got to get bigger, and that's only going to come when it you know two three years down the road because mm-hmm. humans don't grow overnight unless you, you're taking HGH or something like that. So. <laughs> yeah, which we know not having any of that. <laughs> yeah, so he, it's gonna the kid just needs kid probably needs about two years to really grow into to his body in the way that it maybe not like. And, and get comfortable with the way that he is in his body and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, I, I, I am very much excited to see what the future of Ryan Alvarez is in the Galaxy Jersey. Yeah. And, uh, speaking of, we, we skipped over Antuna's goal. Um, how did he get that in? I know. That's a angle. <laughs> that really was crazy. I mean, no wonder the two just didn't want to get up to celebrate. I thought, I thought he had like pulled something. He was reaching so far with his leg. <laughs> he really was. Oh man! I mean, it, it, this also for me was was one of Antuna's best games in the Galaxy jersey. I mean, he. Mm-hmm. I think I think the Gold Cup and 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 the Mexico Cups have really given him a level of confidence that he's he's translated. I mean, the the world word around this Galaxy team after this game and and even in the loss to Seattle and whatever is is. is attacking confidence there there's a certain level of confidence and swagger when they get on the ball or when they get on the ball in the attacking third you know they, they're moving very well they're the interchange play is really great i'm excited to see fabio alvarez come back because you know i think if you're a player that's injured and you watch this performance the one thing you want to do is be out there like you want to be out there scoring seven goals with the with with the guys you know so I, I, I'm hoping i'm hoping that really kind of uh gets him going again i i, I mean fabio alvarez i i think and I've said it before and I've said it again. I think he's underratedly going to be one of the better galaxy players over the next few years. Um, uh, just, mm. I like, I like his skill set. So, I mean, it, he's injured right now. Yeah. He's uh, the root. I think it's 10 days to two weeks. It's one of those kind of like, just you've played, you know, 20 games, traveled really hard, just something goes in training and just take the utmost care with it. And the galaxy can kind of afford to sit him for two weeks. Cause I mean, if you look at the schedule, it's Montreal at home. And then they go up to RSL and RSL is going to be a tough ask, but it's, you know, a game in hand kind of game where both teams are in the playoffs, both teams, you know, if, if the galaxy should come out on Sunday or on Saturday and be, you know, get a positive result, you know, both teams will be comfortably over the playoff line at that point. And then the galaxy are looking at the last two games being against, against Vancouver at home and against Houston away. So the galaxy have to feel like out of the four, they have three really good opportunities to, to, to bag this thing. 
And then we have a couple other pieces. I'm not really sure what's going on with kitchen or, you know, we're waiting for Alessandrina to get back also. Well, the ki- so the kitchen thing is weird to me because Harry Kitchen was like, it went bad very quickly for Perry Kitchen in yeah. his career. I know, I know, I've, I know, I've kind of done the whole entire career points before, but if you think about it, I mean, he was phenomenal in DC. He goes to Scotland. He's loved at Hearts of Middle Earthian. He's he's named captain. He's the rock of their lineup. And you know, the Scottish League isn't isn't the highest quality, obviously, but you know, he captains them to to some phenomenal results. They have a they have a romp through Europe under his captaincy. And then they they changed head coaches, and the new head coach just absolutely had a vendetta against Perry Kitchen. I think it was probably mm-hmm. because it's he's seen as a holdover from the previous generation. Head coaches really want to stamp their authority on a team. But then he came back to MLS, and just for some reason, it has not really worked for him. And I mean, you know, I, I think it's more mental than physical. We've definitely seen you know him succeed in this league at times, but I. I, I hope he gets it together because Perry Kitchen is, you know, Perry Kitchen was a fringe USM um, national teamer for, for a, a little bit of time there. So, you know, you, you always, you, you, you want to root for the guy and, and I hope he kind of, he can find some confidence and, and, you know, get back into the team in some level. I, I don't see him starting considering how well Corona and Dos Santos kind of work together um, and kind of the understanding that they have, but, you know, he, he's a good option off the bench. He's a good sub. He's a good, you know, we need a guy to fill in. He's definitely a good option as well. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping, you know, he can show the kind of play that led him to kind of being so loved in the Scottish league. Well, and he's that good option too, when you need to a more defensive midfielder, you know, he's, he's going to sit back a little bit deeper than, than these other guys are going to go. And he's going to give you those hard tackles and, and challenge guys. Whereas, you know, legit and, and, uh, Corona are going to play a lot higher. Up. Well, Corona plays back a little bit more, but as far as like, if you're ahead in the game, late in the game, bring in Kitchen, let him sit there, basically be that fifth defender and just F people up. Yeah, mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a tight game, you want a guy like Perry Kitchen's skill set. Yeah, I, I'm definitely very, very pleased with, with what I saw now, you know, moving forward. I mean, I know a lot of people are, we're also saying that they're still not confident in this team and they're still not sure because we, we do play kind of inconsistently. Um, but I, like you said, I feel like this was a big turnaround and I, and I feel like everybody in that stadium could feel it. Um, you know, when we were up 6-1, I mean, the, the decibel and that, the decibels in the stadium, like, I, I tweeted that it dialed up to 11. I mean, it was as high as, and loud as I've heard it in a while. Yeah. There was a certain yeah, ca- <laughs> there was a certain catharsis about this result, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. it, it's been kind of rough at home games, and I think you know we as Galaxy fans were spoiled for so long because the the team was unstoppable at home for so many years. In the past two three years, it's been you know a little bit rough. So I think I, I think this was a very cathartic kind of performance for the Galaxy, and I, I and I think it's I think I think this was the performance that kind of got the fan base on the train again, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think maybe back on track. <laughs> yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we've had 48 hours to process this. I mean, I, I did do a, a post-match reaction with first to five that Jamie chimed in on. And so, you know, that, that kind of enthusiasm and, and everything, it, it's really, it really is hard to, to recreate. Um, 
I don't think that we're going to have another blowout game. I just, I just don't. Um, I think the next game, uh, games for when we play Western um, teams, the Vancouver and Houston, I, I think is when you're, it's going to, it's going to be tight. I think. Um, I don't think it's going to be one of those. I don't think we're going to have another blowout like this. I mean, to SKC's credit, um, you know, uh, Melia was left high and dry by his defense. And there you have it, you know. Well, Melia saved a penalty. Like, Melia is, is one of the top three goalkeepers in this league. Absolutely. His Absolutely. defense just completely failed him on the rebound, but. Yeah, and Romney was able to, to smother um, Russell, so shut him down. So. Yeah. You know, I mean, we we did our part, but yeah, they've got they've got their threats as well, and so that's why I look at this as, yeah, playoff playoff ready. Um, I don't know how people feel about us sitting in fifth place. Um, I mean, I'll take it. You know. Um, so I actually mm-hmm. I was going over that earlier when I was writing my slice for uh, for Riot Squadcast. Um, but it almost at this point, and, and you guys, you have the schedule in front of you for all these teams, mm-hmm. almost bodes well for us to just play for fourth and just have Seattle and Minnesota win out over all the Western Conference teams because that makes it a lot harder for those teams in fourth, sixth, and seventh right now to make a, a battle for that spot, you know, if we just let Seattle and Minnesota destroy everyone. Otherwise, you know, they're just dropping points, picking up points, and you're going back and forth to where everything is coming down to October 6th for, <laughs> again, <laughs> Houston, if, again also, for us. If you look at a lot, or especially Minnesota's schedule, um, most of all, uh, and, and to a lesser extent, Portland, Minnesota plays away four times against all Western Conference opposition. They're at Portland, at Sporting Kansas City, at LAFC, and at Seattle. Three of those games were very easy for them to drop points in. And then, I mean, SKC, we don't really know what's going to happen after this match, yeah. um, especially considering their season's been effectively ended um, by the Galaxy. Um, so, I mean, Minnesota is probably the one that, that has the most to lose here. But then... In that situation, though, Portland's really the only one that we need them to absolutely beat. Yeah, and then, and then but also, I mean, if you look at Portland, the rest of their schedule's not really easy either. I mean, home to the Red Bulls, home to New England. The Red Bulls and New England are both desperately clawing for playoff spot positioning. They'll have to go away to Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Kansas City is, you know, Kansas City is still a tough place to play. They, it's still called the Blue Hell for a reason. And then they're home to San Jose to end the season, who we don't really know much about at this point, you know? So, I mean, both Portland and Minnesota, if you look at the next four or five games for them, are, are, are very tricky schedules uh, in a lot of respects. And if you look at the Galaxy's next four, I mean, home to Montreal, who just lost to Cincinnati, who is on pace to be historically the worst team that MLS has ever seen. They go to RSL, who, you know, has had a very good season. They're a tough team to play. Uh, playing up in RSL is really difficult, but then they are, they're home to Vancouver, who's been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Vancouver's in a real deep state of flux, um, and then they're away to Houston. And at that point, and I, we were here last year, I know, but at that point, Houston's mm-hmm. probably not going to have anything to play for. I don't think they really have anything to play for right now. I mean, they have a complete and total chaotic coaching situation. I, I definitely don't think David Arno is is the same caliber of coach as Wilmer Cabrera. So I, I think the Galaxy we should feel very good about, you know, being in the playoffs and probably being in that four slot. It's funny looking at the schedule because, uh, sporting Kansas city plays Minnesota, Portland and Dallas. That's nine points. We're asking Kansas city to take That's nine points that could propel Kansas city into a playoff spot. 
It's like the what? It's just insanity. MLS is. is complete insanity. But based on based on what you saw last night, and knowing that that was probably an anomaly of a game, do you really think SKC can pick up nine points out of those games? No, but this is what we hope for. Well, true, yeah, but <laughs> no, I don't think they even pick up four points from these games. They could get three. I think they could beat Dallas. Dallas <laughs> really tailed off at the end of the season. I mean, look, Kansas City. You're right. They they are they put up a fight. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is one of those seven twos that's kind of weird. Cause it, it wasn't that Kansas City was particularly horrendous at times. No. I mean, they had they had their chances, they had their looks. I mean, it, it, it could have been seven five. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I think everybody was kind of freaking out and kind of holding our breaths because, like, you know, we we know our team, we know our defense, and it does make us nervous. And that's why, we're like, yeah, we're sitting in the fifth spot, but easily we feel like not even comfortable where we're at now. Not even after this performance, like we are scarred. <laughs> Last year hurt. Last year hurt. The season before that hurt. You know, last year in particular. I mean, you're just. I get it. That's why we're all still and and, and because the West is so so wild, so tight. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, everybody's concerns are reasonable. I don't. I don't think that you know. I'm saying that it's not, but I also say like, keep the faith. That's what I've always said about about our, especially for our team, because this is a galaxy. We can do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact. Insane. Eleventh place, eleventh place, Houston Dynamo are not mathematically eliminated. Is just insanity to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're not going to win out and make the playoffs, but they could. They could. It's MLS. If you look at that roster, they won't. They, they probably can't. <laughs> There's a reason why Demarcus Beasley is retiring, and it's not because. He said as much as in his exit interview, he said, I wouldn't be retiring, but I want to play for a winner, and I don't feel like I'm currently on a winning team. Yeah. It's kind of a way to bury your team right as you retire. I mean, you know, like you said, we've only got a few games left here. (laughs) Sorry, Jimmy, you cut out. Oh, I was like, don't retire. You can still play another World Cup. (laughs) I'm completely convinced he's got the fan of you somewhere in his basement. He's just not telling us. <laughs> I would take him. He could be on our team. It's fine. Great defensive backup option. We need a left. We need a backup left back. That's true. And you know, like I had said too, and I, I know that they're recording tonight because uh, I talked to Dave. Um, but I got my balls and beers results, and uh, I'm just going to tell everybody now it's minus sixty three. Oof. Um, for just this week, and that was because I I bet high because we only have so many games left, and I'm like, go big or go home. Uh, but you know what? My point is, I'm taking the hit, and this is also why I don't bet money on MLS. But <laughs> I just bet points against, again. you know, uh, friends. Uh, but I I take the points because the West turned out exactly in the best way that it could have for the Galaxy, and oh, and then they took it. And they took the win. They nailed it. I feel like. You know, okay, it takes them a while to gel, and for whatever reasons, and you know, we've we've gone over them, but you really could feel like they're in it to win it, and we've been seeing the potential of this team, and finally, just to see them to live up to it, you know, even though it was a blowout for us to sit here and not feel like, oh well, yeah, it was a fluke or an anomaly, or no, like we put it away. They were really good goals. Agreed, hundred ten percent. Yeah. So shall we talk Montreal? Uh, I think we should because okay. 
I am really excited uh, to welcome our our friends to the north to uh, to Los Angeles because uh, you gotta say friends to the north like you do in Game of Thrones. And I gotta say it with a little bit more of a French accent because. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. Because um, it, it's not been good up there. Um, I mean, yeah. they lost they lost to Cincinnati on the weekend, uh, which that was my double down, which is why it's like oof. Is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, look, they're one three and one in their last five games. They've got a negative four goal differential in that time. You know, that's not good, especially you know they, they fired a head coach in Remy Gard who was uh, who oddly enough really didn't achieve much considering Remy Gard's kind of uh, you know pedigree. And then uh, hired Wilmer Cabrera. Wilmer Cabrera's style takes a little bit of time to to gel, and I don't think he's got the players that he feels he needs for that. But again, the thing about it is this is weird because if you look at this Montreal lineup on paper, I mean, Danny Lovitz is a U.S. men's national teamer. Um, I don't think he's a starting U.S. men's national teamer, but he's definitely, you know, getting the call-ups. I also went to college with him, which is actually very interesting. Um, then you got Saifir Tider, who's a really good player, uh, Algerian, uh, on loan from Bologna. Boyan uh, from uh, former Barcelona uh, pedigree, also with Stoke. And you got... Uh, Anthony Jackson Hamel, a really exciting young Canadian. Ignacio Piatti, who in his prime was one of the best, one of the best midfielders in this league. Um, arguably, probably was the best midfielder in this league for two, three years. Um, you know, they've got they've got talent pretty much everywhere. It's just for some reason it has not worked. And I think part of that is because this is a very old roster. I believe it is the oldest roster in MLS currently on average. And we're seeing with Ignacio Piatti and kind of my fear if Ibrahimovic stays for another year, which is an old player, be it any sport. When it goes bad, it goes bad, and it goes bad very quickly. And Piotti's having a really rough season, but you know he's still capable of those moments of magic. So I think the Galaxy have to be guarded. They have to be smart about this game. But if the midfield kind of controls the game the way they did in the second half against Sporting Kansas City, I think the Galaxy are really not going to have a problem. You look at the center backs. I mean, Victor Cabrera, they've been relying on him. He's, you know, ancient. Um, you know, like, or, um, sorry, I was, I was referring to Rod Fanny. I apologize. Um, it's not even that. I'm just thinking, like, people are over there probably, uh, I don't know who all listens, so thank you for listening. But if they're not Galaxy fans, they might be sitting here going, uh, yeah, but Zlatan's 38 years old, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like I said, when it Arguably goes, best player in MLS ever. When it goes bad, it goes bad quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just for some players, it, it just goes bad earlier than others. And um, so... On paper, this is a good team, but I mean, if you look at at the run of form they've had, I mean, you know, it, they haven't been good. I mean, they lost to a Chicago Fire. I mean, they, they they've scored goals, but they, I mean, they've lost. You know, they've done it in terms of coming from positions of coming from behind, or you know, having to scramble late in a match. They lost to the Chicago Fire, and they drew against a, a Dallas team that's that's been you know tail spinning a little bit. Of course, they lost to Toronto. Um, they lost or they beat the Whitecaps, which isn't really much of a statement. But in this in these past two games, I mean, they've they've looked listless, especially against DC United, who went up there and scored three goals. They looked very listless against FC Cincinnati. Um, this game couldn't have come at a worse time for them. And I, I, I it, if you're the Galaxy, you're looking at this game saying, you, you know, you're looking to pad the stats. Uh, if you're the Galaxy going into this one. Yeah, I mean, when you say it all like that, I almost feel like, oh, 7-2 again? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, um, no, because I think Montreal's going to play a lot more defensively. No, I know, I know. I, and, and, and look, as much as I have faith in my team, I'm, I'm realistic, first of all. You know, and I, I know we don't 
particularly us, don't like to give predictions per se. Um, when asked, when forced to, we will. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, their leading goal scorer has nine goals. Like that's you, you need a you need a plus you know you, you need a plus ten guy yeah. in MLS to be like successful in MLS. And if your if your leading goal scorer's got nine by this point of the season, then it's that's a concern. Yeah, I mean, like LA Galaxy just gotta. Tighten it up. I, I don't want them to just park the bus either. I mean, shoot, just shoot. That's what I've been calling. That's what I was saying. Um, Legit was taking shots, and you know they were they were off target. You know, which is nobody to nobody's surprise at the time. Um, but I think that's what the Galaxy did do against Sporting was that they did push forward and they were taking shots. They weren't playing Zlatan ball, and so um, that's what I think. That as long as they keep that momentum, um, you know, actually. I mean, Felcher being suspended due to yellow card accumulation might actually play in our favor. Well, here's the thing also. I mean, you're going to have a very on-form Christian Pavone running against Bakari Sanya, who's 36 and has looked every age of that 36 years old. I Pavone will get his looks <laughs> and Antuna will get his looks because the, the the outside backs for, for Montreal are, are very... Uh, that's probably the weakest part of their their team. But also, I mean, you know, Michael Azira is old and he's their defensive linchpin in, in midfield. I mean, Samuel Piet hasn't really lived up to the hype. I mean, it, it's not, it, it's going to be rough. I think if, if, if you're Montreal, if you're Montreal, you got to be prepared to concede a few looks to the Galaxy. And I, I, the Galaxy will definitely score in this game. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's a question of, you know, the Galaxy get a result in this game of just, the defense doesn't make stupid errors. And if, if, if they can kind of keep the game in front of them, let the offensive team, you know, the offensive side of things really do the work, then I think the Galaxy are going to be, I, I, I feel very confident about the Galaxy in this game. Hmm. You know, um, I, have a, I have a friend who shall remain nameless right now, but she said, how are podcasters asking if we make changes or keep the same lineup that gave us seven goals against Sporting Kansas City? We don't have a choice. Wolf is suspended. It's just funny that she said that. Like, our podcast is asking this. <laughs> well, no, it's it's a valid question because, it, in terms of you know, like making changes or switching things up or whatever, it's good to do that because it keeps players hungry. And it, you know, you have to manage minutes, you have to manage whatever. I think in this case, you you can't really make a change. You know, I think the only change would would maybe be Fabio Alvarez off the bench. But yeah, no, I I mean, I understand why we're asked. You know, if you know, to make changes or, you know, do you make changes or whatever, but that's because managers do it all the time. So mm-hmm. it's a valid question. I mean, it's a valid mm-hmm. question. Yeah. Especially when you're, you're saying like they might have confidence on, uh, against Montreal and, and GD, um, excuse me, GBS might go ahead and feel like, well, let's, you know, let's change it up. Um, I feel pretty good and pretty consistent with what, um, Escalero does. I feel that he's, that his lineups are a little bit more predictable than it for me anyway. Also, on a quick note about Montreal, we don't yeah. know what lineup they're going to start because they are playing midweek uh, tomorrow in the uh, Canadian okay. Championship. So, Oof. I, I have, prioritize that. Well, because it's if you're a Canadian club, it's the easiest way into champ. I think it's the only way into Champions League. So, okay. they probably. I, I have a feeling it's going to be a uh, a skeleton boats Oof. crew that comes to LA on uh, on Saturday. Right, which is why then I say again, Galaxy. After I, I mean, it sounds like this game is a lock. 
um, against Montreal. If it if it is, I don't want them to have that kind of like false confidence. We do have that fight, even if Vancouver's out. Um, we do have we have to keep fighting and keep winning to the to the end. I think to, if, to the cup. Damn it! If last year, if last year taught us everything, anything, it is that you have to. You play the ninety minutes. You know the result is only decided after the ninety minutes are played. Mm-hmm. I I think the um, better part of that question, or the even funny part to me now, is when did we get to a point in the season where we could actually ask, "Is there going to be a lineup change?" Because all season long we've had no depth. We've had that, yeah. You know, the only option was, oh, is it going to be Polenta or Giancarlo? No, who's going to be in the midfield starting on the left? Who's doing, you know, it's, I think it's a great question. And I think it's great that we finally hit a point in the season where we can even have that kind of rotation. Doesn't necessarily mean it's a good rotation, but we have options that we didn't have before. Yeah, it definitely. And I mean, the Galaxy did suffer from a, a, a pretty serious injury crisis at uh, at some points during the season. So, well, I'm glad that that Jamie. I'm glad you said that because you're right. This is a, a beautiful question for us to have now. Um, another question that I just kind of picked off Twitter. Um, who of uh, DTK Declosis signings has been better than an average MLS player. Oh, um, how long do you want? Uh, I mean, <laughs> obviously, Pablon in seven games, he's had five right. assists. I mean, seven I, games, I mean, Pablon is the answer, but he's pretty much going to sit, he's pretty much at an assist a game clip. I mean, Fabio Alvarez numbers wise hasn't really necessarily been better than an average at most player, but I mean, he passes the eye test every single time. I think Fabio Alvarez walk into about 90% of MLS starting lineups. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, those two are the first two that come to my mind um, as, as just obvious answers. Um, I mean, he's, I, 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 I don't know if it's necessarily his signing, but Shaloto's really gotten Jonathan Dos Santos to play some of the best soccer he's ever played in his yeah. career. Um, I mean, Joe Corona would again, walk into pretty much any starting 11 in MLS. Um, that's the thing is, is, is when you say it's like statistically average, soccer is one of those weird sports where yes, statistics matter, but also eye test matters. And a lot of his players have passed the eye test in a very strong way. I mean, the, the defense problems aren't his fault. <laughs> like, right. let's make that very clear. And Poland well, has been good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the, ne- the next thing that, that, that comes to my mind is it looks like our midfield can't play without Jonathan Dos Santos, though. I mean, but this, I think that's because Dos Santos brings a very unique skill set that not a lot of players possess in terms of the way that he sets the tempo in midfield. And like the, the amount, a the, a, the amount of ground he covers, the defensive actions he does, mm-hmm. but also like the, the tempo he sets and the way that he controls a game by, you know, moving the ball in a certain way or, you know, passing in a certain, you know, passing, you know, playing a certain pass. I, I don't, it's not a question of, oh, the Galaxy can't operate without Jonathan Dos Santos. I just think it's one of those cases where Jonathan Dos Santos is a very, very good player. And if any team had him in their lineup, losing him would be a very big deal because of the skill level and the type of player that he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I don't think that he was the reason why we didn't win in Colorado. Um, I think there were four decisions made in the midfield, but it wasn't enough 
for it to be solidly, oh, we couldn't win because we didn't have Jonathan. I think the defense was horrible that game across the board. And we got mm. really... And Colorado Colorado also had the new manager bump. That's always kind of... Yeah, they did. They aware. really had. Unlucky calls or non-calls. There's that. Right. There's also that. And we had our guys... I mean, Zlatan missed a couple... Um, I think Antuna missed a, a couple that he didn't connect on. Like, if they're not finishing, it doesn't really matter what's happening in the midfield. Exactly. Correct. And, and speaking of call, uh, the calls, like you said, um, I, I'm so glad that... I mean, you know, not to have like that seven goal cush to worry that like, oh, our defense is going to slip up and like the other team is going to score on us or to say that, you know, it's going to be the calls that could be the do or die, whether we make it to the playoffs. Um, I, I do love how strong that we play that, you know, the, since we know that the refs are doing this to us, um, it, it feels, it feels really good. Good. Uh, extra. <laughs> I mean, the, the referees. To play that strong. The referees were not necessarily great on Saturday night. They either. were. They were bad. I mean, there. The one got scissored, and that was not a straight red. I don't understand that. I mean, oh, there was also the. I, I know it's a marginal kind of thing, but I mean, there was the time that Ibrahimovic got tripped in the box by yep. Gutierrez. I mean, yeah. I know it's. It's one of those things where. That should be at least looked at, if if anything, you know, as a, as a penalty. So, because I mean, I, Gutierrez had no intent to play the ball, so therefore, I, I I think that probably should have been called for a penalty. But I mean, you know, it's it's just the reality of, of of operating this league is that you know you can't really rely on referees to call a fair game. Yeah. Any other questions, comments, concerns? Uh, not that I can think of. Um, yeah, I'm excited for Saturday. Yeah, I'm excited. Um. I'll see you guys there. Of course. I'm excited. It's going to be great. All right. Well, thank you guys once again for listening. Uh, we'll definitely figure out a plan to record. Uh, I'm starting a second teaching evening gig. So um, it's just for next week, but that looks like maybe you'll be getting drunk uh, Friday recordings from us. <laughs> <laughs> Late night. <laughs> Simply so, uh, soccer after dark, baby. Simply soccer after dark, because if that becomes a permanent thing, you know, we're going to have no choice but to record, um, you know, the, the, the night before the night after a Galaxy game, you know, when I get off work. <laughs> I yeah. have never consumed alcohol in my life, you heathens. <laughs> we, are a, we are a good Christian podcast. Oh, I was going to say Mormon because, you know, she went to Real Salt Lake and everything. Like <laughs> They converted her. That's where I met Christian. Okay, I would have, I would have, I would have converted after that match too to like anything to make me believe it's over again. <laughs> Our best, In the best car. defender on the night was a goose. Look our faith, man. Our faith is restored. Say again. It was a duck, not a goose. Oh, that duck. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Our best defender on the field that night was an incredibly pissed off duck. <laughs> Oh man, good memories. Uh, and you guys, really you. Uh, we do have things and projects in the works, some of which, you know, I can't talk about yet. And we're obviously like, stay tuned for, um, but when it comes off season, we've got lots of plans. So thank you guys so much for your support. Um, yeah, off season, off season, if one of the projects that we've been mm-hmm. brainstorming through, I'm really, really excited for it. I think, uh, well, it's going to be a chance for, uh, us to give back to you guys and yeah, and, get more tell, your, and tell your stories. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I'm also in the talks with uh, one, two threads to get some merchandise for you guys. Definitely got to get stickers. So much appreciated you guys, all the listeners, ladies, guys, non 
binary, all of you. <laughs> all righty. Uh, have a good one and talk soon. All right. Bye.